So my question is, when you go to an ice cream shop, what do you expect? Okay. If you're going, if you're going to, if you're going to a soccer game, what do you expect to see? Okay. If you're going to a concert, what do you expect to hear? So if you're going to church, what do you expect to be talked about and heard and to see? Jesus, God. So it, it doesn't make sense to come to church and say, "Hey, don't talk about God. Don't talk about Jesus." And so a couple of you guys got offended. I got offended, and rightly so. And so today, I want to talk about. The power of Jesus, the power that resides in the name of Jesus, because so many of us, even still being within the church, have no idea about the power that the name of Jesus carries. And so many people are very religious in this sense. Oh, what do you mean? You can't say Jesus. Oh, what do you mean? Because that's we grew grew up in the United States. And it's just like in Mexico, Latin America, Catholicism. No, la Virgencita, no, 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 la Virgencita. But you don't even go to church. You don't even know the doctrines of Catholicism. You don't even. And so here in the United States, we've been taught it's part of our culture. You expect Jesus. And so you'll see it on stickers. You see it on T-shirts. And they say God, country and guns. Right. Or whatever it is. And there's nothing that I'm not saying there's something against guns. No, no. I, you know, I'm not going to get into that because some of the manos going to be like, hermano, usted le está diciendo a mi hijo que compre una pistola. I'm not going to say anything, okay? And so if you have one, well, God bless you, all right? Yes. Fine. And I'll just say this. Don't, don't kill yourself over that argument. Should a Christian have guns or should they not have guns? Don't you worry about yourself, all right? And so back to this. So we, we've, we've found ourselves in this religious mindset of we got to talk about Jesus, but only in the church. But Jesus is so much more than that. The power of the name of Jesus can extend far beyond these four walls of church. And so today I want to talk about four things that in regards to the power of Jesus. But first, I want to let you know that the devil has made it his mission to rid the earth of the name of Jesus. That's why you can go to places like China. If you ever have the opportunity to go, you'll find that it is illegal to be a Christian there. It is illegal to carry a Bible there. It is illegal to go to church there. However, because it's illegal and because they're persecuted and because if you call yourself a believer, you get thrown into jail. That is where the biggest church in the world exists. It's an underground church. They have to hide to go to church. They can't sing loud. They can't pray loud. Why? Because they run the risk of being thrown into jail. And so in jail, you have some of the biggest revivals. I'll tell you a quick story. In China, and there's this video, and I I saw it. It's a missionary who went and and was able to record this. And there was people running, and and they were inside of what looked like a cave. They were running inside when they were unboxing Bibles. And people grabbed the Bible, and they cried, and they kissed the Bible because it means everything to them. It's not something that they do on Sundays. It's not something they just do on Wednesdays. It's not something that, oh, it's good to respect it and, oh, I respect God. And that's it. No, it's their whole life because that's all they have. And so they ran and they kissed the Bible and, and they hugged it and they were passing it all around with one Bible. And then a friend of mine told me about uh, an underground church in China where the people have one Bible, but they have to rip the pages one by one. And they share them all around the congregants. And you keep it for, I think it's three days or something like that. And so they read it front and back. And then they go back to the church. And then they, they exchange it. But there's a wait list. There's a wait list of three years. You want Psalms 91? Well, guess what? You're going to wait three years until you get that piece of paper that has Psalms 91. But they do everything because they want the scripture. They love Jesus. They don't just talk about Jesus. They Love Jesus, not only with their minds, but with their hearts, with their 
whole life. And so the devil has made it his mission to rid the earth of the name of Jesus, to rid the earth of scripture. Why? Because he knows the power that the name of Jesus carries. You know who the only people that don't know the power that the name of Jesus carries? It's those that profess to know Jesus. He knows that there's power in Jesus. He knows that there's power in the name of Jesus. And so one of the things before I get into this, because I don't want you to go home thinking, oh, I'm just going to say Jesus. And it's a magical word. Jesus. Oh, I feel so good. now. Jesus. Oh, I got the car I always wanted. Jesus. Oh, that girl likes me now. It's, it doesn't work that way. There's there's no magic behind the name Jesus. But there is power. But we're going to find out how we can access that power. So very quickly in your notes, you can see what I wrote. Any power attributed to the name of Jesus originates in the person of Jesus. You're not just saying Jesus just because, but it's in the person of Jesus. So when we believe in the name of Jesus, we're trusting Jesus and also the finished work of the risen Christ on the cross. In other words, he died, he was buried, and he resurrected. He's not dead. He's still not crucified. That's why people tell me, you know, they'll come up to me and they'll ask me, they'll have a phone smash. Hey, bro, if you're a Christian, won't you wear a crucifix? Because Jesus is not on the cross anymore. He died, but then he resurrected. The cross is empty. The tomb is empty. Jesus is no longer there. So I don't serve a dead Jesus. I don't serve a Jesus that's still on the cross. I serve a Jesus that's in heaven. I serve a Jesus that carries all power. And so the, the, the name Jesus is not a magic word. And so Jesus, you got to understand this too. Jesus was also a very common name back in those days. You know, it's like now you see, how many Juans do you know? I know Juan, two, three, four, like five, right? And you know a whole bunch of Juans. And it's almost the same thing. And it's so interesting to me that, that God the Father would choose a very common name for his son Jesus when he came to earth. Why? Because Jesus... He lived among the common people. He lived among everybody. So the only thing, you got to remember this, the only thing that sets apart the name of Jesus of Nazareth is the person it belongs to and what he did for us. That's the difference. Pues no, Jesús Hernández, no, Jesús Hernández no murió por mí. Jesús Rodríguez tampoco. Jesús de Nazaret. Jesus of Nazareth. He's the one that died for me. And so there is power in that name because that name is attributed and it is given to Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah who died for me on the cross. So number one, when we talk about the power of Jesus, you have to understand, and I'm going to go pretty quick. There is salvation only through Jesus and nobody else. There's salvation only through Jesus. You can't be saved because oh, I go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. You know, I ran into a lady and I told you guys the story. Uh, we were, I was at Walmart and I was checking out some stuff. And I had, you know, back in those days, whenever we made the Jesus Saves brochure, you guys were like 11 and 12 years old back in those days. And so I was also a lot younger. You know, I was probably like 21, 22. So I went to Walmart. I went to Walmart and, uh, and there's this lady in front of me. and She's talking on the phone. You know, she's doing her thing, you know. And, you know, she's doing, you know, that, I, that's what she was doing. I'm, I'm, I'm illustrating, okay? That's what she was doing. She was doing that. She's like, uh-huh, yeah. Well, you tell that mother, mother, and I was like, golly, I was like, somebody's having a bad day. And it was just like, bleep, 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 this, that, that. And I was like, oh, man. And then she, and then she turns around. She goes, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm taking up all this time. I said, it's okay, ma'am. And then she's like, I got to let you go. We'll talk about this later, you know, whatever. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, she hangs up and she goes, 
I like your shirt. I said, oh, thanks, man. You know, I was like, thank you. I didn't say, man. I was like, oh, thank you, ma'am. And she goes, I go to church every Sunday, too. And I was like, oh, Lord. I was like, you do? Man, imagine if you didn't. I said, really? She goes, oh, yeah, I love the Lord. My granddaddy, he's a pastor. And it just, you know, started going on. I was like, oh, okay, great. Oh, man, but hey, praise God. She goes, mm-hmm, praise him. And then uh, she left. She left, and I was like, that's about the most interesting thing that I've seen in a long time. And what do I bring that up? I bring that up because of this. Because you cannot be saved just by simply going to church. You cannot be saved just by simply knowing all there is to know about a religion. You can't be saved. The only way you can be saved is through Jesus. Romans says the following. If you believe in Jesus, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. So there's two steps to that. And that's why we do the sinner's prayer, because people don't know how to confess Jesus as their savior. This is what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter seven, verse twenty five. It says, therefore, he is able once and forever. Say with me once and forever. Once and forever to what? To save those who come to God through who? Through Buddha? Through La Virgen de Guadalupe? Through uh, a religion? Through a church? Through who? Through Jesus. Through him. That's what Hebrew says. He is able to save once and forever those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. So who intercedes for us? Jesus. So when you believe in him and you give your heart to him, guess what? Now you have Jesus in heaven who prays to God. You ever heard people say, well, I I tell Mary to intercede for me. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that Jesus himself intercedes for those who believe in him. And now there is only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through who? Through Jesus, because there is only salvation through Jesus. See, the, the power that Jesus carries is so powerful. It's, it, it, it's just, it, it, there is nothing else that compares to the power that he has, that he has the power to save you from hell. He has the power when you believe in him and deposit your faith in Jesus, you now go from being lost to being found. You now go from being in the darkness to being in the light. You now go from being dead to being alive in Jesus. Because only he has that power. Jesus has the power to break every chain. We sing it all the time. But have you seen chains broken in your life? Then my question is to you, if you haven't seen any chains broken in your life, then are you really experiencing the power of Jesus? Are you really experiencing the supernatural working of Jesus in your heart? You were carrying hate. You were carrying insecurity. You were carrying unforgiveness. But now, since you decided to believe in Jesus, has that changed? If it hasn't, then did you really deposit your complete faith in Jesus? There's people who come to Jesus and they say, Señor, perdóname. Señor, te traigo. Oh, this feels so good. This feels so great. I love him. And one month goes by, two months go by, six months. And then all of a sudden they hit that year mark. And then what happened? Ah, you know, I'm just, I'm fighting with my demons. No, you're not. You're following the consequences of the choices you made before you knew Jesus. And you wanted Jesus to also save you from that. Jesus won't save you from your consequences. Jesus will forgive your sin, but you have to deal with your consequences. You have to understand that. And so Jesus is not somebody that comes and does everything for you. He's not like that. He's not going to save you from your consequences. And so what happens? You have people that deposit some of their heart to Jesus, but then, oh, there's that one area in my life where I, it's, I was a kid when I was hurt, you know? 
bro, you're 40 years old. You're still talking about what happened when you were 12 years old? You need to get healed from that. I remember, and I'm not saying this to, to, to put anybody down, but there was a lady that doesn't come here anymore, so don't be like, who is it? What am I not here? What is it? No, she's not here. She was, I think she was like 38. She was like 38 years old. And so every year during the summertime, there was a time where she would come to church, like she would, she would come on and off, and then all of a sudden, summertime, she'd just walk in like this. Hermana, ¿qué le pasa? Is everything okay? Oh, you know, it's just, and, and, <laughs> I was like, hermana, ¿qué le pasa? You know, ¿qué le pasa? And then she would tell me, she would be like, oh, it's just, you know, I was 13 years old. This is the month that, and then she would go on and tell me her story. I'm like, ¿cuántos años tiene usted, hermana? Ah, ya tengo 38, pero cargo con eso todo. So Jesus was only powerful enough to work up until a certain point, but then he's not powerful enough to do everything else. The Bible says that he is the author of faith. In other words, what he starts, he finishes. And it's an author. He is the author, the beginning and the end. He's the alpha, he's the omega. Jesus never starts something and leaves it a medias. He never starts something and just, ah, I'll do it some other day. What Jesus starts, he finishes. You know what the problem is? We're the problem. <laughs> Simple as that. Oh, man, this feels good. And then the moment Jesus says, hey, I want a little bit more commitment. Uh, uh, on, so on Mondays at 6 o'clock, we always meet with the youth leadership. And so I was, I was asking them, what's a couple of things that you, you have in your life, principles that you'll never break? What's, what's a conviction that you'll never break in? And so we started talking about it a little bit more. And then one person said, God, God above all things. So I wrote God above all things. I said, God above all what? Like, oh, family, friends, job, career. And so we started talking about it. But then we went a little deeper. And I said, so if you have your career, you've got to go to work and you've got a church event and you have church service. Are you going to choose God over your career? Yeah, I'm going to choose God. Okay, check that one off. Okay, your friends, they're having a party and it's church service. Are you going to go to the church service or are you going to go to your friend's house? Uh, church service. Okay, great. And then we got to family. And then we talked about family. I, I won't ask Vin Diesel this question because I know his answer. <laughs> so, so then we got to family and then I said, what if there's like a baby shower? What if there's a birthday? Would you come then? And then everybody kind of looked around the room and hesitated. And I was like, mm. I'm like well, and this person was very honest. They go, oh yeah, you're right. And so the reason we did that is because so many of us are so quick to judge others and say, ah, okay, God first, and give us like, hey, I'm a Christian. But we say it so much, but take time to think about it. Is God really number one in your life? Are you really going to choose God above all things? That girl that, you know, you've been praying for and fasting, like, Lord, look, make her look this way. Make her look this way. She's been looking that way, pero está visca, you know. But she's been looking at you the whole time and you had no idea. Make her look this way, Lord, you know, que me quiere, que no sé qué cosa. And then she does, and then you're like, all right, I don't need to pray anymore because I already got what I, what I, what I was asking for. So many people put God number one as long as they don't have what they're asking him for. Once they get what they've been asking for, it's like, see you later, Jesus. So is Jesus really number one in your life? Jesus has the power to save everybody and anyone. Nobody is, how would you say, unsalvageable? Is that, is that a, 
Yeah. Okay. No one's exempt. I asked Kayla because Kayla's got those big words and something. Like I just kind of, I just kind of looked over. I'm like, number two, Jesus is the only one who can give authority over evil spirits, sickness, and disease. I gotta hurry up. Jesus is the only one who can give authority over evil spirits, sickness, and disease. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1, it says the following. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority. Say with me, authority. Authority. To cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Who gave the authority? So who has the power to give authority? So if you believed on Jesus, then has he given you authority? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. So we got that. Now we're going to move to part two. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says, these miraculous signs will accompany those who what? Believe. They will cast out demons in my name. This is the power that the name of Jesus carries. The name of Jesus is so powerful that demons flee. This is how powerful Jesus is. The Bible says that even the demons in all of hell, they believe in Jesus. But the difference between them and us is that the Bible says that they tremble. You hear the name Jesus, you're like, Jesus is my homeboy. I used to see stickers and shirts like that all the time. I was like, this is stupid. Jesus is not somebody that's just like, oh, let's just hang out when you got time. Yeah, you know, whatever. No, Jesus is God. Jesus, I guarantee you, if Jesus walked in, in the flesh right now, every single one of us would be scared. Why? Because of the power, the presence that he carries. Okay, you want a little, you want a little taste of it? Late at night, when ain't nobody up, start looking up uh, videos about angels. And you're going to be like, oh, this is kind of scary, man. Uh, start looking up videos and, and studying about the end times, about end time prophecies. You're like, oh, this looks like what Jesus is more powerful than that. So wh- wh- why, why do I say that? Because there's a reverence that Jesus demands. And you have people who are unbelievers that give Jesus this reverence, and Christians don't. It's like Christian show up like, God, oh, he's got to have rolled out of bed, man, you know, whatever. Come in pajamas, because, you know, come as you are. The Bible says it. The Bible never says that, by the way. The Bible never says come as you are. However, you can come as you are. You, you don't have anything else except pajamas. That's fine. But don't leave the way you came in. Say, Jesus, I don't know. You got to do something. I came in pajamas. Change his pajamas into something nice by the time I leave. Right? So the, the, the thing that happens when we believe in Jesus is that we get authority. And only Jesus gives that authority. Now, here's something that's very interesting. Everybody who believes in Jesus thinks that they carry the authority, but they don't. For example, do all of you come to Iglesia Philadelphia? Do all of you have access to those doors on, 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 uh, when there's church? Yeah, you can come in, right? Now, let me ask you this question. Do all of you have keys to the church? No. See, there's a difference between believing in Jesus and having the authority. And there's a difference between believing in Jesus, having the authority, and that you're able to access the authority. How do you access the authority? You access the authority by holiness. When you live separate, when you live a holy life, holiness gives you authority. And authority gives you the access to the power. That's why you have a lot of Christians who you can pray all day long and you can shout, you can scream, you can yell. 
Why? Because you don't have the authority to access the power. But then here comes along somebody who just gave their life to Jesus two months ago, and then they prayed a simple prayer, and the person got healed. Why? Because they're living in holiness. See, to Jesus, it doesn't matter that you've been a Christian for 20 years or two months. What matters is the level of holiness. So many of us, we know what's right and wrong. But do you really choose to live according to what's right right and wrong? Number three. So the, the second one was Jesus is the only one who can give authority over evil spirits. It's Jesus. It's not even those little bracelets, they, the little red ones with the, with the eye. This was, ¿para qué lo traes? ¿Para qué no me hagan ojo? You have no authority. This is, the, Jesus is the only one that can give authority. So number three, and this goes along with number two, you have to know him. Not a church, not a religion. You have to know Jesus in order to access the power in his name. In Acts chapter 19, verse 13 through 16, there's a story. It says, then some itinerant Jews, exorcists, undertook to invoke the name of Jesus, the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. You see, I want to make a, a quick parenthesis here. In the whole ministry of Jesus, you see that every time Jesus went to a synagogue, in other words, in our time, a church, Jesus was always casting out demons, always casting out spirits. You know, there's people that carry spirits and there's people that don't even know they have spirits. There's people that have no idea. Because they've opened doors and you've gotten so used to it. It's like, why am I like this? I don't know. That's the way Jesus made me. No, brother, you, you got a spirit, man. You open the door. You're like, well, it's just me, you know, it's just my personality, you know. I just uh, I just don't like to talk to people. No, you got you got one of them spirits. Because Jesus was not sitting up in heaven saying, I'm gonna make you just be lonely and always feel sad. No. So uh, let me read this verse because little I rabbit show. I'm almost done. Oh, actually it was five things. I really gotta hurry up. I promise you guys we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get out on time. I guarantee you that. So uh, these exorcists that were Jewish, they started to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Shiva were doing this. So seven people were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I recognize And he was a little ghetto. He said, but who is you? (laughs) And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them and overpowered them. Seven of them. So they fled out of that house. Check this out. Naked and wounded. When you try to cast out demons and you have no power or authority and you don't even know Jesus. Trust me, you won't be there. They were embarrassed. There were seven people. There was one spirit. And the Bible says that the spirit that man had jumped out of that man and leaped on all seven of them. Now listen close. They said, I adjure you. In other words, I rebuke you in the name of the Jesus that Paul proclaims. They didn't even know who Jesus was. You know what? You got so many people like that in church. That's why Jesus says, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I asked Jesus. We're going to go pray. And as long as you're with the group that loves Jesus, we're like, oh, I'm on fire. Yeah, let's go. And then all of a sudden you get like a little, you know, that we dust in poquito. You're like, I'm going to go over here with my sad friends. Like, oh, man, yeah, life sucks, man. It's just sad. What are we going to do? And you're back and forth. You're back and forth. That's somebody who does not know Jesus. 
And so that's why whenever I see people praying for other people, sometimes, you know, because let's be honest, you know, we've got a Holy Spirit night or, you know, it's a youth prayer night or something. And people just get excited and they just start praying and laying hands. I'm like, right. I've had to go stop people and be like, oh, I know you ain't living right, man. You need prayer. Don't pray for somebody. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> and so, if you are going to operate in the power and, and the authority of Jesus, it's important that you know Jesus. Not know about Jesus, but know him personally. Did you know that there is even preachers every Sunday morning that know about Jesus, but they don't even know him? I'm going to, and I'm not doing this to, 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 I don't know how to explain because I, I, I can prove this to you just go to someone you know what go to your parents after service and you're going to be surprised say hey mom, dad or even your older brother or sister or something or whatever hey, when was the last time that you fasted and prayed Oh, every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday. Okay, good. And then ask them about a situation. Hey, has there ever been a situation? Oh, yeah, you know this. Have you fasted and prayed about it? Like, see, this is their answer. See, pero es que lo que pasa es que hablé y que me dijeron que sí, no me dijeron que no, no, que no sabían, no me dijeron que perdieron. So you just gave up? That's the level of faith with people. I was talking to a guy. I was talking to a guy uh, a couple months ago, and I remember this because yesterday, Sergio and I were talking about um, this person that we know. And this person, if you talk to him, you're like, man, that dude's full of faith. That dude's got authority. So we were, uh, he reminded me of him. He goes, bro, did you know? Because we thought he was born here, but he wasn't. So, bro, did you know that he's like barely starting the process of like getting his green card? And I was like, I thought he was born here. He's like, I know. I was like, I had no idea. Like, he speaks perfect English. And so he goes, yeah. So I told him, I was like, hey, bro, you want me to fast and pray so you can get it quick? And then you can fast and pray, too. We can, both of us. He goes, I'll tell my brother, and we can all three fast and pray so you can get it quick. You know what his response was? And Sergio asked me, you know what his response was? I was like, oh, man, I got fast the other day. I was like, golly. And then he goes, no. You know what he said? I was like, what did he say? He said, si, estaría bien, pero no. I was like, bro, what? You want to wait 10 years? Like, you want to you wanna go and wait in Mexico and for 10 years or however long? Está bien, pero no. No es necesario. I'm like, bro, if, if I was in that situation, yeah, I'm going to fast and pray. Like, Lord, you do a miracle and make them send it to me next week. So you find out the level of faith that people actually really have. Because it's so easy, even for me, it's so easy to get up here and be like, and tell you guys, I got faith, I got faith. But do I really? Do you really have faith? All right, let's move on. So number four. Number four, Jesus is God. Why is there power in Jesus? Because Jesus is God. Okay, now, the reason I put this there is because uh, a couple of, of, of months ago, I was scrolling to, through the old TikTok before we took the, the break. Jesus never proclaimed that he was God. Jesus never said he was God. Jesus never said, I am God. I was like, well, you know what else Jesus never said? Jesus never said, I have long hair and a beard. But clearly he did because that was the culture and the custom back in the day, right? So it's like, uh, whatever. But anyways, 
I put this here. Jesus is God. Why? John chapter one and verse one. It says the following. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And who was the word? The word was God. And then you keep reading. And then John begins to talk about Jesus. And he's and he says through him, all things were created. and Nothing that was created without him was created. And things were created for him and by him. And then later on, he gets to chapter or to verse 14. And then he says, and the word became what? Flesh. So who was the word? God. God. And then the word became flesh. In other words, God became flesh. And then he says, and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Who is he describing? Jesus. Who is Jesus? God. Jesus is God. So that ends that debate. Number five. (laughs) Jesus brings the vision. Say it with me. Jesus brings the vision. Jesus brings the vision. Boy, no, hold up, bro. I thought he brought like peace and unity, man. (laughs) The Bible says, does the Bible not say that he is the prince of peace? Peace. Whoa, what is the Bible talking about then? The Bible makes it clear that the peace that Jesus came to bring peace, but the peace is between man and God. He didn't talk about peace between man and man. And you have to understand that Jesus brings division. Well, I thought he brought unity when everybody believes in him. Why do you think you have so many crazy things going on right now? There's Target over there hiring some, uh, I don't know if I can say, well, I'm still going to say it. We'll probably get suspended again on YouTube. We got suspended, by the way, because it said something about COVID. Did you guys know that? I think we're back on YouTube. But anyways, that was my fault. I should probably watch what I say. But I'm still going to say it. So Jesus brings division. That's why, uh, if you've seen it, um, Target's like hiring some trans gay dude that's a Satanist. And then he designs a, a shirt for a bunch of kids that says Satan respects pronouns. And they started designing all of these things and coming out with all of these things. But then they had to have an emergency meeting because there was so much backlash. But let me tell you what, this is the plan of the enemy. Why is this the plan of the enemy? Because Target hasn't apologized. They just pulled back. And then guess what? If you push something so many times and hard enough, eventually it falls down. So then just be ready for another year. They're going to do the same thing until finally people start getting accustomed and used to it. I'll tell you guys a quick story. When I was in Bible school, I remember uh, I had two roommates. One of them was a little weird, and then the other one was a little weirder. And uh, and I was like, man, I don't know if these dudes are saved, man, but Lord, don't let me lose my salvation here. And so I remember one of them went to the bathroom, and he's like, oh, don't nobody go in there for like 30, 45 minutes. And I was like, ah, whatever. I was like, dude, you didn't even flush it. And he goes, oh, well, I can't. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, it's stuck. And I was like, what's stuck? He's like, so then I was like, dude, flush it again, man. That's gross. That's nasty. So he flushed it again. And then I left. And then when I came back, there was this nasty smell all over the floor. You know what happened? And it went everywhere. And I was like, bro, what the heck? What happened? He's like, oh, man, remember you told me to flush it? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, it went everywhere. It went all over the room. And it was carpet. All over the carpet and the hallways and everything. So then for the the next couple of weeks... You know what happened? It would stink. We'd go in the room and it would stink. But after being there about five or ten minutes, you got used to it. It, it didn't bother you anymore. It's just like, man. And then you would leave and you'd go to get some clean air and you'd come back and be like, golly, man, this stinks. And then you get used to it. It's the same thing. It's the attack of the enemy, the plan of the enemy is to get you used to seeing and hearing these things. And so Jesus brings division. This is what Matthew says in chapter 10, verse 34. These are the words of Jesus, and I'll be done in about 10 minutes. 
Don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. This is Jesus saying. He said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. What does Jesus mean by all of this? How many people say, oh, you're a Christian? Nah, I ain't one of those. Yesterday I was talking to, to, to my guy, or today I think it was, I don't remember, but she was telling me there's this co-worker who just doesn't like her. She's a Satanist. And then I talk about that. I mean, she's lesbian. I'm like, bro, what? How much more? You got to be one or the other. You can't be both, right? No, I'm just kidding. You can be both. But uh, in case you're wondering. And, and so what happens is that they recognize the spirit that you carry. And they automatically don't like you. Why? Because you carry a different spirit. And so, and so we were talking about this coworker, and this coworker just doesn't like her at all. So I remember when I worked at a certain place, there was a, a woman that she called herself a Satanist. She hated me. I didn't know why. And then I found out, oh, she's a Satanist. I was like, well, we just, we just enemies, right? Like, you know, your God's already defeated, man. Why are you even trying to play? You know, the game's over. And so, uh, and so, so then, long story short, by the end of it, you know, she defended me and that was like her favorite or whatever. But anyways, I'm, where I'm getting to is this, is that Jesus brings division. How many friends and how many family members do you have that I and they make fun of you because you're a Christian? I have cousins that to this day, I'm 34 years old, and to this day they're like, oh, here comes the Jesus guy, here comes the, you know, whatever. And then they'll have cookouts, they'll have parties, and then I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? Hey, de la luna cerveza, eh? Oh, you can't drink, right? Because ah, you're a Christian. I was like, ah, I'm going to heaven, but you're not. <laughs> so, so, so Jesus brings division. There's people, there are people who don't like you just for the very fact that you believe in Jesus. Because that's what happens. Why do you think this whole culture war is going on? Why? Because the world does not like anything that has to do with God. The world does not like anything that has to do with Jesus. Why? Because Jesus has all power. He has the power to break chains. He has the power to change people, to change lives. He has the power to raise up the dead. He has the power. Nobody else. Nobody else can be saved except through Jesus. Nobody else can go through to heaven except through Jesus. And so when you understand this, you find out that, hey, I believe in Jesus. And because of Jesus, they're going to hate me. And Jesus also said this. He says, hey, they're going to hate you because of me. But take cheer. Why? Be of good cheer because I have already overcome the world. You don't have to worry about that stuff. You have all power. You carry the truth inside. Why are you so ashamed to pray for people in public? Why do you become so ashamed to talk about Jesus, to tell people about your testimony, about what God has done in you? When you have the truth, when you believe in the one true God, the all-powerful, the almighty. See, proclaiming Jesus doesn't just belong in church. You proclaim him on the streets. Man, we're such good liars because we'll, we'll sit here with like, Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. You get out of the streets and I'm like, Jesus. Let nobody hear you. And, and so I, 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 I decided that I would make a shirt that says there is power in the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to wear it everywhere. I'm going to go into Target and wear it everywhere. I'm going to go into all those places and, and, and wear it everywhere.
I was I was talking to I was talking to Kevin today. He called. He's like, bro, I got a testimony. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, man. What's up? So, uh, sorry, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and tell it. If I miss out. So, uh, so they went to a, to an office, and there was this lady there, and she kept talking about all the bad stuff in her life and all the bad stuff in her family, and yada yada yada. And then Kevin gets up and says, "Ma'am, uh, can I pray for you?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure." So he's like, "I get up, bro," and she got this like vape pen right there on on, on her desk, and I was like, "Well, that's the first problem." You know, and then so he starts praying for her, and then his mom takes out the phone and records him. So Kevin's sitting there praying, Father, in the name of Jesus. You know, he got his eyes open the way I told him. I was like, you keep your eyes open. No, I said, I said, money. Fist in the morning, just sock you right up on the head. So, Father, in the name of Jesus. And he starts praying. And then towards the end of the video, the lady, she does this. And then she's like, she's like, and then whenever he's done praying for her. Now, keep in mind, this is a public office. This isn't a church. It's a public office. And then he goes. I ain't never felt what I felt when you prayed for me. And then he goes, ma'am, lady, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of God. So then she started talking about her nieces and nephews and grandkids and whatever. She's like, they, they need this too. They need this too. And so why do I tell you that? I tell you that because although there is a world that hates Jesus and there is a world that creates the vision, there are also people who are hungry for the message. You just need people to take it to them. And I want to finish off with, with, with these stories. Jesus has so much power and, and has created so much division within the world. But there are still people who are willing to believe in Jesus. There are people who are willing to die for Jesus. In Acts chapter 7, uh, uh, Acts chapter 6 through 7, you, you find out about this young man named Stephen. Stephen became the first martyr for Jesus. Paul, who in that time, his name was Saul, he was killing Christians. And he saw when Stephen raised up his eyes to heaven and they started stoning him. He was the first person to die for Jesus. And then Andrew, which was the first disciple of Jesus, who was also the brother of Peter, he was crucified on an X, uh, on an X-shaped cross. So it wasn't like a T, it was like, a, it was like an X. And he started several churches, and he was crucified for what? For believing in Jesus, for preaching the name of Jesus. Peter, who was crucified in Rome, he was crucified upside down because he said, I'm not worthy to die like my Lord. Why was he crucified? He was crucified because he was a disciple of Jesus. And we call ourselves disciples. In 2015... In, in Egypt, there was a group of, of, of Christians who were Egyptians. They were all taken. And you can remember this and you can find the videos and the pictures also on, on, on the Internet. They were taken to, 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 to the beach somewhere and they were all lined up and ISIS was behind them with a sword. And, and what they did is they cut their heads off. Why? Because they were Christians. Because you have to understand, Jesus came to bring division. And so because there's so much power in the name of Jesus, the enemy's not going to stay silent. The enemy's not going to say, well, I guess it's just over. No, the enemy's going to keep fighting until the very last second. And this was just in 2015, which was eight years ago. In 1956, there was a man by the name of Jim Elliott who he flew out to uh, Ecuador. He went out to uh, the people who are known as the Waldani. And so I was able to see some of this whenever I went to Ecuador, the Waldani people. 
He went out there to tell them about Jesus because he said the whole world has to know about Jesus. So him and four other missionaries went with their wives. And so they started telling them about Jesus and trying to get in contact with them and establish a, a, a relationship. And so one day they landed on the side of a, a, of a river. And as soon as they landed, they got out of their small little aircraft. They had already given them uh, clothes and different things like that to those people. So as soon as they got out, there was a team of warriors of the Walgani people waiting for them. And as soon as they got out, they took their spears and they killed all five of them. Jim Elliott and all four of his friends. So then the wives who were back home heard about this. And you know what? How much passion and how much love they had for Jesus? That they went back to those same people. And to make a long story short, the son of Jim Elliott went to the man that killed his father and won him for Jesus. Now all of that tribe is, is Christian. All of that tribe believes in Jesus. But what happened? What did it take? Somebody who said, I believe in the power of Jesus and people have to know Jesus. Now, we call ourselves disciples. We call ourselves real Christians. And then when something something so small, happened, I got a headache. Oh, I'm not going to church. Oh, that person. Oh, I'm not going to church. Oh, they didn't say hi. Oh, I'm not going to church. But you call yourself a disciple of Jesus. And I'll end with this story. There was a man in the 1800s. His name was Nok Singh. Nok Singh was from India. This is in the 1800s. And so missionaries went to tell people about Jesus. And so they went into this small village where Nuxang and his family lived. And so they, they were testifying and telling him about Jesus. And the whole village was there and they had to do this at nighttime. So they finally, after a long time, they win Nuxang and, and, and his two kids and his wife for Jesus. So they're the first people in the village to become Christians and to believe in the name of Jesus and the power of Jesus. Well, after the chief of the village found out, he called Nuxing and his family all to the front and the village sat there and they watched. And then this man, the chief of the village of the, I think uh, they're the, the Gadi people or Godi people. I forget, I forget what their, their, their name is, but they're still in India. Called them up to the front. He said, deny your faith. He said, I won't deny my faith. He said, deny your faith or I'm going to kill your two children. She said, I won't deny Jesus. He says, why do you believe in a man who lived over 2,000 years ago? He's not even Indian. Why do you believe in that man? He said, I won't deny Jesus. He said, deny Jesus in front of everybody or I will kill him in front of everybody. So he told his archers, he said, get ready. They have, they have the spears, they have the bow and arrows. And he did not deny Jesus. He says, then your two kids will die. So then the archers got ready and they let him go. And they killed the two kids. The two kids fell on the floor. And there's blood going everywhere and the kids are still kind of, you know, they're shaking. And so he starts crying. He says, deny Jesus. And then he uttered this word that to this day, so many of us have said it. But we've not only said it, but we've sang it. And then he's crying and he has tears running down and he's shaking. And then the chief says, deny Jesus. He says, I have decided to follow Jesus. He says, I'm not turning back. He says, deny Jesus. I'm killing your wife next. He looks at his wife and grabs her by the hand and he looks at the chief and then he says, though none go with me, I'm still going to follow Jesus. So then the archers got ready. He said, let it go. Kill the wife. The wife fell down. The kids, they're dead. The wife, she's bleeding out. She's dying. And he says, deny Jesus or you're next. You know what his words were? He looks at the chief with tears in his eyes. He raises up his head and he says, the cross before me and the world behind me.
He says, okay, you're going to die too. And they kill this man named Joseph. So then after some time, after that had happened, the chief went back home and he thought to himself, what would cause a man to deposit all of his faith in this man named Jesus? Long story short, the chief of the village, he decided to believe in Jesus as well. And to this day, 95% of that village are believers in Christ. Now what's more impactful about this, have you ever heard the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. We sing it. And in Spanish, what are we saying? He decidido seguir a Cristo. So many people sing it. But nobody knows where it came from. And it came from someone who knew the power of Jesus. And was not willing to deny the faith. And was not willing to say, oh man, I'm somebody who was unashamed. See, Paul says... In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, for I'm an unashamed of the gospel because of the power of God unto salvation. How many of you, even in school, you're ashamed to even pray for your meals? How many of you, even at home, you're ashamed to pray for your mom, for your dad? Oh, man, I got a headache. Every time my mom says, man, my, 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 my back hurts or, or, or I have pain in my kidneys or something, like, let me pray for you. You know why? Because I know the power that resides in Jesus. And so we call ourselves disciples of Jesus. We, te- we tell people that we love Jesus, that we love God. But somebody like no saying had to give up his life. And not only his life, but the life of his family. What are you willing to give up for Jesus? You say you love him. You say you believe in him. What are you willing to give up? We can't even give up. Uh, in the United States, we're so comfortable. We can't even give up getting here on time. To church, it's like oh, I just want to stay here five more minutes, just watching the show. Just five more minutes, and that's we don't get to church all the time. Sunday mornings, ah oh, man, we got two services now. Hey man, if it's that tough, man, find something else. And you got people like, oh, when I was in the world, I had money. When I was in the world, man, and now that I'm in Jesus, you know, I, I don't have anything. Man, if you miss it so much, go back to it because obviously God doesn't have enough power to give you more and better things. So I want us to stand to our feet today. And I want to pray. I want to pray for you. And I want you to ask yourself the question, do I really believe in the power of Jesus? When I read stories of people who gave their life for Jesus, and I think about myself, man, any small little tribulation or trial that I'm going through here, it compares. It doesn't compare. So close your eyes and lift up your hands. There's anybody here who says, I want to believe in Jesus. Or maybe you say, you know what? I've been, I've been slipping. I need to get right with the Lord. Today is your night. I want you to come to the front. It's nothing, uh, it's nothing out of this world. I mean, you're going to be ashamed to come to the front, but still decide to call yourself a Christian? I, I don't think so. So, If that's you, I'll invite you to come to the front. And we're going to pray for you. That's it. You spend time with Jesus. I don't even have to pray for you. But right now, I want everybody to take a couple of seconds and think about, Lord, do I really believe in you? Do I really believe in the power that you carry? When I hear about these stories, Lord, I want to be unashamed of your name. 
Lord, I want to believe in you completely. Take away my pride. Take away my insecurities. Take away, Lord, everything that I'm struggling with. Take it away because I know that you have the power to do it. Take it away and make me new. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would make me the person that you always desired for me to be. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus, that you would break every chain. Every chain, Father, that is binding my brothers and sisters. Lord, I pray that you would be so real. Lift up your voice. If that's you, lift up your voice. Say, Lord, I need you. I want you. I want to get to know you. I don't just want to talk about you. I want to get to know you. I don't just want to learn about you. I want to get to know you. Father, I pray that you break every chain, Lord. That you would become a reality, Father. That you would become a reality, a reality in everybody's life, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And I pray that the power of Jesus would walk with us. I pray that the power of Jesus would be manifested in our lives each and every single day. And I pray, Lord, that you give everybody strength to be unashamed of you, to tell others about you, to pray for those that are in need in public, Father, to praise you in public, Lord, and to be unashamed just as the devil has been unashamed to promote his agenda in this world. Lord, we're unashamed to promote you and to talk about you in this world, Lord, because this world needs you, and we have the answer. And I thank you, Jesus, for all that you do. And I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would accompany us and that you would give us the courage, the strength to believe and to fight for you and to fight for this cause in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.